Take off your clothes. I don't like women giving me orders. I spit on your grave. What you are about to see did happen. On your grave. This woman will soon cut, chop, break, and burn five men beyond recognition. And there isn't a jury in this country that will convict her. Definitely First Blood. My name is Mitch. And I'm Christopher. And we are a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies of the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and sometimes today. I guess really we can just change it to like uh, anything 10 years plus, I would say. I don't know. Yeah. We're Definitely First Blood, and we talk about horror movie <laughs> podcasts from the 10 years that are at least 10 years old. Horror movie, We talk about horror movie podcasts that are 10 years yeah. old. Yeah. Sounds Those good. 10-year-old horror movie podcasts. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, it's been an eventful week for us. We yeah. didn't have an episode last week. Um, following our Sleepwalkers episode, yeah, because if you'll remember, talked about how I was talking about cats. We got a kitten. Yeah, someone... She's wiling out right now. Sleepwalked into our life. Her name is Abra. She's a little gray tabby. She's eight weeks old, and she's very sweet. Yeah, the dogs very are sweet. very obsessed with her. Both of our producers. I guess named after the Doctor Sleep character. Is that... Inspired by. Inspired by. It's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Plus, I thought the actress in that really did a good job. Oh, definitely. At the character and at being an actress, so... <laughs> I don't feel like we've watched anything new recently, right? No. That definitely, I can think of. Definitely not. It's been pretty... I guess we've been pretty wrapped up in... <laughs> The kitten and oh yeah, making sure the dogs are cool with the kitten. And the kitten is cool with the dogs. But this is not a cat podcast. No. Contrary to what might be popular belief. Um, yeah, I'm kicking myself for all those Google ads. We are talking about a pretty heavy movie today. Yes. So we do talk about sexual assault a lot. So if that's something that you aren't comfortable hearing a lot about, I, I would assume if you've seen this movie, you sort of know what to expect but i just want to put it out there that if it's going to bring up some bad stuff just don't listen to it yeah it's an extremely graphic movie i mean i i think it was very powerful in in the end Mm -hmm. uh but yeah talking about i spit on your grave 
aka Day of the Woman from mm-hmm. 1978, we watched the director's cut. Oh, yes. I did not know that. It is written and directed by, I really don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, it's I, I guess it could be Mayor Zarki. Sounds about right to me. Meyer Zarchi. I've never said it out loud and I don't intend M-E-I-R-Z-A-R-C-H-I. to start M-E-I-R-Z-A-R-C-H-I. Um, it stars Camille Keaton as Jennifer, Aaron Tabor as Johnny, Richard Pace as Matthew, Anthony Nichols as Stanley, and Gunter Kleeman as Andy. Ugh. The only one whose name I knew was Matthew, and then I really don't care what any of their names are. <laughs> no, so. definitely not. Uh it starts, we sort of meet Jennifer when she's leaving her New York City apartment. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's that famous New York City apartment. It was always in Sex and the City, I feel like. Oh, I've never by seen it. Sex And like and sitcoms City. and stuff where it's like green awning. There's bellmen and doorman men yeah. helping her get into her car. <laughs> and she's off into... Who knows? Yeah. Upper so state, New York. Upstate she's going York. to Connecticut. Ah. Um, to a lake, river. I guess it's really a river. It's a body of um, water. Because she's got to write her first novel. Mm-hmm. Do you think this was a thing authors actually did back then? Or is it just something that's in like media? Because I feel like this happens often where it'll be like, I'm a writer. I got to go to this uh, small house and in the middle of nowhere to write my novel. I mean, I, cause I got deadlines. I know there are plenty the of shining. like when a writer's getaway to this. Yeah. Like, I feel like it'll it, be the artist in residence in this monastery. I feel like it's a Stephen King trope. It is, I suppose. But I also think that it's something that definitely happens in real life. Happened more often in Back the then, olden time. Yeah. Back when you would handwrite a novel, <laughs> just like in this. Well, she would write it on paper and then type it up. Yeah. We'll I guess you could edit it. on the fly. We'll talk about it. <laughs> so she embarks on her adventure. It's a very good opening, I thought. Yeah, we get to see her driving a very, very long way. Yeah, and it's where you really get like the first full impact of the fact that there is no music in this movie. None. It's all naturalistic yeah. sounds, which is very... Uh, impactful it is and it's unnerving especially for a movie of like this era like even even like dario gento movies have like clash all that sort of well stuff. yeah it's the goblins where effects. well yeah but like this is like almost worse because it doesn't like more anyways so she gets to this gas station mm-hmm. and we meet our rapists johnny mm-hmm. stanley and andy three of them and While she's getting her car filled, she's just, this is a recurring thing throughout the movie. She is just like fully making small talk with this guy. Yeah, completely normal, Stretching her legs. Feels good to stretch my legs. I've been driving for three straight hours. You came to a nice place. I've been in a summer house here, right by the edge of the river. Never even seen it before. Bet you're going to like it here. I intend to. In fact, I bet you're going to like it so well you stay year-round. Oh, no. Just for the summer. Yeah? And he's, like, sizing her up the whole time. And she's not even looking at him or paying attention. She's watching Goofus and Doofus repeatedly stab the ground. I wonder if that's imagery for anything. (laughs) Probably. 
it's brief too. Like literally the amount of time it takes to fill her gas tank. It's nothing. It's a throwaway. Also, I don't know anything about the price of gas, but I think it was like five dollars to fill her tank. Oh yeah. I mean, this is gallons. We it, it looks more expensive in Canada because of its it's in liters. Like we essentially see the whole interaction happen in real time, and it's just such a non interaction. Oh. Definitely. And it's so fast. But guess it made a real impression. Yeah. Like you, even these knife guys who are the first ones to, I think, harass her really, they don't even yes. really interact with her at all. No, they they don't. Anger. So she Flames. gets to her house mm -hmm. that she'll be staying at for the summer, which is the same location as Friday the 13th Part 2. Okay, I was going to say it looked weirdly familiar. Yeah. It's a Pakanak. Lodge, ah, I believe. Great carpet. <laughs> yeah, the upstairs reminds me of the video game. It does, yeah. Because yeah. it is. I like the, the porch and everything. Mm -hmm. um, she immediately gets out of her car and runs down to the water and starts skinny dipping. Yeah. And it's in a 100% unsexualized way. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, it's yeah. like we are the voyeur watching her swim because of camera pans out so far and there's no one else there like she, she's she's probably thinking this is like private for me exactly and like wouldn't you it's not like people sh i would hope would come up on your docks and stuff often she changes out of those stuffy city clothes she wears a pretty good outfit mm -hmm. of like denim shorts and a crop top mm -hmm. and while she's putting her clothes away she finds a handgun that's very <gasps> ominous how did this get here <laughs> It's never explained. That's fine. There's some knocking at the door, and this is when we meet Matthew. Extremely insistent knocker. Delivering groceries. He's uh, mentally incapacitated in some way. In some way. Um, he's very forward with her during their interaction. Yes. And then... And she's very friendly with him, like, just being like, oh, I'm taking pity upon you. Yeah. And I'm just being a nice person. Just like everyday friendly interaction she tips him she gives him an apple symbolism <laughs> maybe who knows she's like he says mm -hmm. that she's evil because she's from new york yeah she's which from is an evil place a, a thing that kind of comes up a lot in this movie where it's like city versus country i mean it's funny because who's the real evil one here probably the real yeah but it's like they look at her like a city uh, yeah. trash piece of object. Mm -hmm. And she looks at them like, oh, these are just like friendly country folk. Mm -hmm. And they're both wrong. Asymmetrical perceptions. She tells him her whole backstory about how she's a writer. Mm -hmm. She writes short stories. Um, and then he asks if she has a boyfriend and she like jokingly says, I have many boyfriends. Yeah, ha ha ha. It's actually, like I was saying, like an insanely mundane scene between these two again. It truly is. Where I come from, people weren't that enthusiastic about their place. Where's that? New York City? Mm-hmm. You come from an evil place. You don't say. Here's a tip from an evil New Yorker. I never got a tip like that before. What's your name? Matthew Lucas. What's yours? Jennifer. You can call me Jenny. Hi, Denny. Did you live here alone? All along with Mary Selby. Mary? Mary, is she in there? 
Mary's right here. She's a fictional name. She's a leading character in a story I'm going to write here. Boy, are you a writer? Mm-hmm. And you're going to write a book here? My first novel. I've written many short stories. You must be famous. What's your last name? Hills. It's okay if you've never heard of me. All my stories were published in women's magazines. I don't read them. Here. Thanks. You got a boyfriend? I have many boyfriends. Could I be your friend? And he, when he like gets back to his little crew. Yeah, with the alpha. Well, the, he's like the omega, the betas and the alpha. Yeah, gas station guy is the alpha. Yeah. He lies and he says he saw her breasts. Mm -hmm. So. They're all like, ho, ho, ho. And that night they go fishing, night fishing. And they're really gross. Like, they start talking about boobs immediately. And women pooping. A whole conversation Anyone about women. Pooping. Shit. I is... mean, what's his face is pooping with his little head out. Yeah, Matthew. Like, it's Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. They talk about how Matthew's still a virgin, and they're going to set him up with a broad. Yeah. And they <laughs> keep calling women broad. And they talk about the, the city stuff again, like how women in the cities are just waiting to have sex. Yeah. And they talk about how, uh, like, Matthew only like special broads, yeah. like Jennifer. Oh, because she's special. She's nice to him and stuff. And it's all, like, weird myth-making, completely. What the fuck are they talking about? Why are you talking like this? Why are you talking about Cause this Because they're shit? pre-validating their, like, objectifications of oh, her, right? so infuriating. And Catching those damn fish. Their conversation is ended with just a very long silence where none of them are talking and it like lingers on them. It's very interesting. Yes. Well, what else do they have? To, what else is uniting them other than being violent <laughs> sociopaths? Hey, Matthew, what do you say? You're interrupting my concentration. Abroad, Matthew, abroad. Frauds don't turn him on. Yes, they do, but not all frauds, only the special ones. Well, what's a special broad, Matthew? I, I assume it's the next day. She, like Jennifer, takes her canoe out. Mm -hmm. And there's a narration of her book, really. And it's really driving home that this is an idyllic place. Yeah. The sun is shining. It's almost like glossy looking. She, she's writing long. She's Maybe she can fit one tweet per page. She was writing massively. I guess you have to be able to read it from over her shoulder. But whatever. 
<laughs> oh, true. I didn't think about that. And I she's guess. just having a grand old time <laughs> in the canoe. And it, then it goes to her in her hammock. Mm-hmm. And very creepily, we see the men's boat drive by. Like it comes into focus. And they start catcalling her. And I guess literally showboating. Yeah, like popping a wheelie. But the boat doesn't have any wheels, so I don't know what it's called. It's like those elaborate dances from that bird documentary that we watched. Yeah, I really hated it. And she's just like, okay, well, I'm going inside then. Yeah, they just drive in circles and circles, which is a psychotic thing to do. (gasps) And obviously they're psychotic. And terrifying. I like I like that we get to see it from her perspective because hopefully uh-huh. some people who didn't know what they were getting into the, with this movie were like, oh, I never thought of it that way before. And I'm sure from their perspective, like if this was shown from their perspective, it'd be like, oh, we're just having a joke. And it would be like an 80s teen movie where they're like, exactly, a panty raid or some shit like that. Raid where we raid their stuff. I don't know. So we get some like montage of her working on her manuscript. Mm-hmm. Very seriously. She does some reading one night. Mm-hmm. And while she's laying in bed, she hears like hooting and hollering from outside. And whistling and ugh. Oh, so this is really, I it's mean. very scary. Because what else could it mean other than that there are people outside yeah. your remote cottage probably trying to just like punk you. She goes down to look and for some reason she goes outside and it's just really quiet and dark. And she's it's a very scary scene to me. She's looking around. You can hear the bugs doing like a steady like beat. The cicadas. And... I really like the cinematography of this movie. Oh my I like gosh! How they, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I like things pulled back, and I this movie really has that. Yeah. Well, part of what I think helped it be non or not like pornographic and like less sexualized was the fact that it was just these very either static or slow panning, very wide shots. There's no like lingering. I honestly, I don't think this movie was sexualized at all. No, no, I I agree. In any way. I don't know. It's, it's it it reminded me a lot of American psycho, the book, because, uh, in that book, unlike this movie where it gets into things pretty quickly, the book is extremely mind-numbingly boring. <laughs> so you're like, God, I heard this was a disgusting book. When's when's the violence going to start? And when it starts, you're like, oh, my God, why did I want – why was I ever thinking that I wanted to read this in the first place? So then you're almost like, oh, thank God it's boring again. It, whereas this one was very much like, like, look at it. Like, you're going to have to look at this. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. And these guys were like hyenas to me. Ugh. Like they're just like, because I think it's the next day when she gets mm-hmm. taken, right? Yes. And it's like they're like stalking her and letting her know like we're terrorizing you intentionally. Like you're being hunted right now. Yeah. And the next day when she's out on the lake in her canoe. Mm-hmm. Andy and Stanley come and they drive in the circles again around her boat, which would be terrifying. Yeah, and it's like she's getting caught up in the wake and she's trying to fight back with the oar. But, I mean, how the hell are you going to do that when you're also in a canoe standing up? grab... Did they tie the rope on or did they grab it? They grabbed her the rope that was already on there. And they start driving off and dragging her back to shore. And they show it from Stanley's perspective, and it's, like, through his legs, Ugh. which I thought was 
a shot. And sure. it's so scary because it'd be like being dragged on one of those inner tubes, but a canoe. And this is the start of bad stuff. So this is where the movie goes kicks off. off. Yes. And it's, it is pretty quick, but in terms of how we get there, the scene itself mm-hmm. is no. not. Inten- I feel like it's intentionally... The, well, it is, because it keeps happening. Like, just when you think it can't get any worse, it, it does. does. And then you're like, oh, my... Oh, like, it really drives it home. They get her back to shore and start manhandling her and degrading her. Just, like, throw, like, muddy hands on her, ripping her clothes off. She runs into the woods, and they follow. And mm-hmm. she tries to throw a branch at them. Um, the whole time, they're just screaming around her like hyenas. And, yeah, like circling her like they were in the boat. And they corral her to Johnny, mm-hmm. the alpha. And the rape scene begins. Yeah, he just starts pushing her and pushing her it's until she falls down. 25 minutes long. I believe it is the longest rape scene on film. Harrowing. It is genuinely horrific. Completely and totally harrowing. And again, not sexualized in the slightest. Especially this one, we see her face and his face and the contrast between the two as the rest of the crew holds her arms and legs down and they're like crouched like beasts. Mm-hmm. Like, Arr. They pin her down. They try and get Matthew to go first uh, because he's a virgin. But, but he, can't he can't do it. So they make him grab a leg and then Johnny gets fully naked. Mm-hmm. And goes first. It's really gross. Yeah, like they show close-ups of the men's faces all contorted into and like. Stuff. Well, it's like the violence. as I watch him sexually assault her, and it's also got a very intense homoerotic undertone. Yes, especially where with Stanley. He's the alpha, and they're just obsessed with him. Yes, they were all looking up to him. They're all like Stanley and Andy reinforce his treatment of Matthew. Yeah, it's. It's weird. It was very, I feel like it's, I'm sure there's papers written about this movie, obviously, because of how influential it was. It can probably say anything and everything (laughs) that I've already said and will say more eloquently, but I feel like there's a lot to talk about. (laughs) He finishes up and she starts crawling away Mm -hmm. and they uh, make sure to go get her. And it's really like they make Matthew go get her. Mm-hmm. And it's really depressing at this point for him because at this point he has like an innocence about him, you know, because of mm-hmm. the way he's characterized. And now it's sort of like, oh, I took part in this violent bad thing. Yeah. And, and he's still like running back to the others. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of the beginning of his shift away from that. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he does know what he's doing. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Because he he knows it's wrong. So he knows enough that he's doing something wrong. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't have to hold her down or it, they wouldn't yeah. be doing this against her will if it was, wasn't. Anyways. And Jennifer has to trudge through driftwood and mud in the woods. Where it's like, oh, she's going to get away. Totally naked. It's obviously like a metaphor for going through the sexual assault. Yes. And she's like in the brambles and everything, mm-hmm. but it's like, you think, okay, she's going to get away and then she's going to have her revenge. And she oh, starts no. hearing the har- harmonica from Andy. Yes. And obviously she doesn't fucking know he plays harmonica. No. So as she comes into the clearing where she hears the harmonica, it's old suspenders McRapist yeah, himself. Andy. And she sees Johnny and Stanley 
also there. It's truly awful. They come for out her. from behind the trees where I mean, she's in shock. So no, mm-hmm. no, like of course she's not going to be like, oh, where oh you know. <laughs> I liked that too. Like it wasn't like Holly like MTV shots. You know, no. not that that was really a thing in the seventies, but it, it was sterile. Yeah, clinical, clinical. Almost. Yeah, so. She tries to run away, but then Andy grabs her and they drag her back to the rocks and Andy sodomizes her. Yeah, it's like a Prometheus. Very no thank you. Being having his liver ripped out where and he's punching her in the head because obviously she's screaming yeah. in pain. And Johnny fucking loves watching it. He's screaming like a disgusting animal the whole time. Uh, hmm. And again, they do not romanticize these scenes. Nope. Mm-mm. And he's being, in addition to punching her in the head, and he's intentionally her, trying to like really hurt her, hurt her as much as he can, yeah. in humiliating way. Oh, they leave her laying against a rock, unconscious from getting her head punched, and then being violently sexually assaulted mm-hmm. for a second time. The rapists go back to their boat and they steal her canoe. So yep. she has to walk all the way back to her house. Through the woods and the muck and all that shit. Where she collapses and she has to like drag herself over her coals. Because she doesn't have shoes on. So you know that she, her, the bottom of her feet, in addition to the rest of her being violently assaulted, yeah. are all cut up and stuff. She grabs a shirt to cover herself. Crawls inside. Is crawling to the phone on its phone ottoman. Yeah. And she, it's a rotary phone, so she slowly dials 911. But the rapists are already there. And they kick the phone out from away from her just as the voice says hello. She fights back for a little bit. She bites Stanley, and they fight for a bit. She throws, like, a table at him. Yeah, as best as she can for having been already, like, brutally beaten up. But it really isn't enough. Matthew starts slamming alcohol, and he's an animal now, too. They're throwing them around. They hoot and watch him strip while clapping. And again, very homoerotic. Yes, and he's singing He makes a big show of it. His tiny little penis. (laughs) And then he sexually assaults her, and they tease him the whole time that he can't come. Yeah, she is unconscious. And they act like she is not even there. Exactly. It's horrifying. She's an object. Like, she's completely dehumanized and objectified. They don't care. And I love later when they're begging for their lives and shit. Why the fuck should she care? Exactly. She's showing them just as much care. Andy even starts reading her manuscript while they all laugh at it. Yes. They're making fun of it. And then he rips it up and throws it in the air. Like You know, broads fuck a lot. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Jennifer is really fucked up. Stanley like poured alcohol into her mouth a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she asked for more help, alcohol. Oh yeah, then, that's what prompted Matthew to get off her because it's when she woke yeah. up. And then uh, Stanley gets in her face and forces her to suck his dick. Mm-hmm. While slapping her. Yeah, and, he really beats the shit out of her. Well, he also rapes her with the whiskey bottle. Yeah. Oh. Violently. Like, this movie is just like... Terrible? Well, you get awful i was shaking the whole time like especially near the end and just like like so angry sorry they all like she's pretty much dead at this point yes and they all leave and johnny tells matthew to go back and kill jennifer which he doesn't want to but Mm -hmm. i mean he isn't 
a redeemable character at all. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, like, come on. Come on, just do it. Do it for yeah. me. Yeah, and he takes the knife because he's a pathetic little worm. Yes. And he can't even do what maybe would have been giving her a mercy by killing her. Just like... Which is... <sighs> what an asshole. And then he just wipes her blood on it and runs out to the boat. Well, and just they like take off. It, it's really intense because they're all cowards. They ha- they're cowards for getting him to for being like, oh, we don't want to kill her. You you go kill her because you're an idiot. It's really intense. And then he, ugh. I also don't want to like say I don't want it to come across like we're making light of this or anything. No, it's I don't know. It's. It's brutal. This is a very brutal movie. I think a grueling movie. I, I appreciate the fact that it is an unflinching portrayal of the reality of sexual violence for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's truly worse than Law and Order SVU would make it or any sort of media makes it. It's it is unhuman. Jennifer gets up and she showers in a really effective shot where her hair is in her face. There's the, there's, cause there's that just tracking shot of like the desolation of the living room. And then it jump cuts to her crouched in the shower, Mm -hmm. all of it dripping off of, yeah, her hair and her face. Oh, she's really fucked up. And then we see, it shows like the landscape change too. There's like mist over the water. Mm -hmm. So where it's been like all idyllic and bright and sunny. Now it's like dark and cloudy. And horrific. Yeah. She's crying. Oh yeah. We also see the empty uh, 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 hammock. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, days gone. And she's just in misery, understandably, for days. Two weeks, I think, actually, yeah, they say. her face is cut up. She's heavily bruised. We see her lying in bed covered in ice. And then she realizes what she has to do, and the birds start chirping again. Mm-hmm. Her canoe comes back to shore. It's as if fate itself is telling her what she has to do. Yes. Well, I also like the railway metaphor. Straight ahead. <laughs> and this is where she changes. Mm-hmm. She grabs the rope from the canoe, starts piecing her manuscript back together. She's writing more. Tapes it back together. Meanwhile, uh, the rapists are totally just living their lives. Yeah, they're um, at a diner, a very full diner, where they're being served by a waitress. She's serving them all beer and a fucking root beer float for yeah, Matthew. Matthew's singing and dancing around. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're like, well, why has there been no news that yeah, there's been Johnny, a- it's... Whatever. Isn't it strange that there has it's been ninety degrees for two weeks? Why hasn't someone found her rotting corpse yet? Did you kill her? He insists that he killed her. Yeah, because at this point, and there's such schmucks. They keep saying all of this so loud, and I'm being like, whoa, 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 whoa. ah, why you? But why are you saying that? You killed her. Blah blah blah. And Stanley starts sulking and. Johnny essentially is flirting with him the whole time. He's like, come on. I gotta see that smile. It's such a beautiful smile. And it's like, this movie is so effective. (laughs) He does these like rubbing touches on them too, where he's just like, yeah. It's like weirdly like like a pride of lions or something. Or like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, like you said, hyenas. 
After this lunch rendezvous, uh, Stanley and Andy, the two rapists, mm-hmm. drive past her house and they see her. In her uh, hammock. Cut to them kicking the shit out of Matthew. <laughs> what a jump cut. If I ever see you here again, I'm going to fuck your ass, is what Johnny says to Oh, him. I didn't catch that. Yeah. What makes me think that that might have already happened? <laughs> Jennifer has a scene where she like looks at the handgun but Mm -hmm. then she's like no not now no she drives past some graves to a church yeah she puts on some big shades she's wearing all black Mm -hmm. it's as if she's mourning herself her previous self she's like forgive me to jesus christ i this looked like the place where they shot the big trial scene in uh (laughs) Uh, to kill a mockingbird it could have been (laughs) she's got her mind set on revenge Mm -hmm. now i mean why wouldn't you and now it's her turn to do some surveilling. So she is uh, eavesdropping and spying on the mechanic. Yeah, Johnny. He's got two small kids who love him and a, and wife. a wife. This fucking monster. Another I, thing that I love that they drive home. Yeah, but I lo- I also like that we only see them from far away, and the vehicles drown out most of like what they're saying. Yeah. So it's. It's not like we're supposed to feel sympathy for him. It's like we're supposed to feel disgust that a man with wife and kids would do this. Oh, definitely. 100%. Because it's not like, oh, daddy. Like, we're not, like, showing the relationship no, he has with the kids. not really. at all. And obviously, I'm, like, like this is the way he treats random women. Imagine how he treats his wife. And then we don't, like, even see their relationship or her up close until after he's already dead. And then we feel sympathy for them, not for him. But it's because of his actions that all this happened. Because yeah, he'd go to I'm jail, it would be the same thing. I'm saying that's what I appreciate about the yeah, movie. Yeah, me too. Is that it, it, we're not being asked to sympathize with the rapist at all. Yes, I agree. They're the whole time disgusting sacks of garbage. Speaking of which, she is also watching as Matthew bikes around town on his jolly little deliveries so she decides i'm gonna call one in she's gonna start her revenge with matthew so she calls him she orders these groceries Mm -hmm. like he delivered to her at the beginning he's all bruised and fucked up he's a real dweeb about Mm -hmm. it he's mentally like wrestling with am i gonna what am i gonna do i can't do it oh but i will do it as he watches the butcher like cut a pig in half yes and it's funny because it's sort of like dramatic irony because we know yeah. she's going to do that to him but he thinks he's going to do it to her and he steals a super sharp cheese knife yeah uh-oh and the whole time he so he like starts going to her house mm-hmm. and i really like that the whole time you could hear like the card on his bicycle yes. clicking i also wrote that down and when he gets there it's like a tick, it's tick, a really tick, effective tick, sound tick, yeah tick, like clock ticking down Oh, so good. When he gets there, he finds Jennifer standing in a big white gown like a ghost. Well, just like when scared. they <laughs> stepped out from behind the trees, she steps out mm-hmm. from behind the trees, scares the shit out of him, and then she's like, follow me into the woods. She she says, you came super fast. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come. That's excellent. I didn't catch that. Yeah, she runs off. He follows her with his knife drawn. Like Because he's, he's 
Michael Myers. He thinks he's going to kill her at this point. She leads him into the woods, just like she was in the woods. Mm -hmm. And then she seduces him. She kisses him. He's terrified at first because he doesn't know where she is. He screams at her. He apologizes to her. But it's like, I hate you. fucking who? This is all your fault that I lost all my friends. Exactly. What you, you are bad luck. What did you do to me? Like, ah. but I mean, I guess it's sort of like, Hey, kill him even harder. Yeah. By all means, get him out of this society. Cause he is a loaded fucking time bomb in a gun. So she undoes his pants and takes them off with his underwear. Mm-hmm. And they start rolling around and he has sex with her. And she slowly pulls this noose out. Yep. And from then beneath the foliage. Starts hanging him on a tree. And he obviously, because his face is all screwed up because he's a fucking yeah. rapist asshole, he doesn't realize what's going on until it's too late. And he's swinging. And he dies with his pants around his ankles. Delightful. And then she swings his body into the lake, gets his bike, throws it into the like the water with them all the groceries but she keeps his knife yes and then she calls the delivery place to be like he never came i'm calling to complain that i never got my order <laughs> yeah so then smart that, that is so smart it really is covering bases before they even come up well at first i was like why is she throwing out those groceries she hasn't had a grocery delivery in two weeks <laughs> but uh obviously it makes sense yeah now. she can't have the groceries if she never got the groceries so it's perfect Plus, she's been. She hasn't had to eat. She's too set on revenge. Yep, and it would, would probably be too sore to eat for a while. Oh God! So next up, she sets her sights on Johnny. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the gas station, and he's like, "Sorry, we're closed." And she just does some serious flirting, like she like twirls her hair, like she makes doe eyes at him. Well, uh, to me, the hair thing was like, I want you. To pull, pull my hair, hair. Oh, and I was yeah, like, "Holy shit! Like this is some hunting right here." <laughs> yeah, she really like she knows just what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, he's beckoned into the car, and he just gets in, and she drives him to a third location, some remote in, road in the middle of the woods. He gets out, and then she waits for him to open the door, and just when he does, she pulls out the gun and. Gets him to take off his clothes. Get on your knees. He tries to be really macho Mm -hmm. the whole time, but then she shoots the ground and he freaks out. He starts stripping and blaming Stanley. And like, yeah, any man would do it. A man is a man. You're exposing your sexy legs to me. Exactly. Matthew saw your tits. That's everything he says at at gospel. Well, everything he's saying is so like textbook. But also, excuse and the, the. awful unfortunate part is this is still in 2019 almost 2020 this is still a conversation in 2019 like the whole he says men will be men like boys will be boys sort of thing like oh you were asking for it look at how you were dressed it is wild that this was 1978 so that's 40 years ago look you can't do this to me i I got a family a nice looking wife two beautiful kids and you don't care no guilty conscience? Come on, this thing with you is a thing that any man would have done. You coax a man into doing it to you, and a, a man gets the message fast. Now look, whether he's married or not, a man is just a man. 
Hey, first thing, you come into the gas station and you expose your damn sexy legs to me walking back and forth real slow, making sure I see them good. And then when Matthew delivers the food to your door, my, he sees half your tits peeking out at him. Tits with no bra. And then, you're lying in the canoe, in your bikini, just waiting. What? Uh, when I did work where I would address sexual violence, people who committed it would always, not always, but often go through those as excuses. Like, well, you know how it is. And I would be like, no, tell me. How is it? How do you think it is? You fucking insaniac. And he tries to play his family card, and she's basically just like, well, what the fuck is wrong what with you? What are you, you? talking about? <laughs> And then it's like entirely from his perspective, how they're all just assuming that she's doing everything because she wants to fuck them. Yes. Which is like, like they're doing all of this. The ego, the insanity. When really she's just living her fucking life. And and then even this holding him at gunpoint is all about having sex with him because he thinks he convinces her to throw mm-hmm. the gun away. Yeah. And they go back to her house mm-hmm. There's a very long scene of him in the tub while she's pinning her hair up. Yeah, because they're going to fuck in this tub. Yeah. So they're just having a conversation. She asks him about his kids and wife. Because he brings it up. And he's, he's like, how did you know? He's just fully like, eh, they're all right. They're okay. You know, you get tired of your wife after a while, you know. She's practically begging for like him to just like give her a fucking reason yeah not and then to do this he's like oh or she's like oh what about your friends oh well, you know they're not really my friends they're just assholes who hang around my gas station and, you know there isn't really anything going on in this town and blah 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 and that's it's absolutely wild that he is fully just bought into that this is a normal sexual encounter um i remember reading recently about a child pornography case and the guy that they caught who was not even like an old crazy fuck he yep. was like a 23 year old disgusting person okay and he was like yeah i i admit judge i did some really dumb stuff <laughs> like you, destroying someone's life and like personal sense of like well-being and bodily autonomy is not just dumb stuff and it's not just like oh we're just oh of course i can go to her house and of course this is totally normal it's wild that that's people's mentality about it's so narcissistic it's like the whole world revolves around you that is exactly what it is or when they do it like when it's not like this where it's like you know the person was really drunk and i jerked off onto them or something like that Mm -hmm. It's always like, well, you know, I'm not like this, but it just, the opportunity like presented itself. Oh, it's like Matthew in this movie, right? What are you talking about the it, opportunity presented itself? He takes like two shots and then he's like, okay, Ooh, now I can do it. It gives, it gives him an excuse for himself yes. to like do that And the her. other guys being like, yeah, do it. Exactly. So, this, Succumbing to peer pressure. I don't know. Oh, nicely complex movie. So yes, there he's in the tub. She's fixing her hair, putting it into a beautiful 
like updo. braid updo. And then she gets in with him. She starts washing him down and massaging him. His neck, and you're like, oh, what's she going to do? Is she going to like snap his neck? She tells him that she killed Matthew. And yeah, he's just like, like, no, you didn't. Because he's like, <laughs> you know, Matthew's missing. And I and she's like, yeah. And then he's he's like, oh, you got a sixth sense of humor. And she's like, you know, before before I hung him, uh, he came. Yeah. And I, like as she's like jerking him off. And and he's like, oh, you're really what a what a crazy broad. <laughs> and as he starts getting close to coming, she reaches her hand down beneath this very vibrant yellow pillow or yeah. uh, towel. Yellow on blue. And she pulls the cheese knife out, mm-hmm. and just as he's coming, she cuts his dick off, or about to come. I hope it was the cock and the balls. I think it probably was. It only showed the cock floating in the water, but oh, I don't know. I see. But uh, he, it's so sharp, he doesn't even realize what happened for a second. Yeah. Until blood starts pouring out, and he starts bleeding to death hysterically. Yeah. What did you do? What did you do? And, and she, she just locks the door and leaves him in there to bleed to death. She truly was like ultimate actress because the second the second it was done, the second they're dead, dead yeah. dropped it. And then moving on to the next Oh, and that's what I liked too. Because even when she was seducing them, it was not sexualized. Nope. Like she was using it as a weapon. Well that's that's what I was thinking. She they had to beat her in order for them to take what they wanted out of her. Yeah. She didn't have to do anything. They rolled over on their backs and were like, oh, hey, what's up? Uh, I'm just being extremely vulnerable at my most vulnerable <laughs> ever here. Uh, no big deal, right? Exactly. Like, the arrogance. And women have to be afraid. She goes downstairs and she puts on some opera. The only time there's music in the movie. Yes. Other than the harmonica, Over I guess. his screaming. And she just sits in the rocking chair, totally straight-faced as she sits there listening to him scream and Curse her out. He's locked in there. Uh, and then afterwards... Uh, she burns his clothes. And it's there's this really great shot mm-hmm. of her... Just bathed in red light, like yep. covered in blood. So she's burning his clothes and his boots even, one at a time. And then she's got to clean up the bathroom. You like that one. You had a reaction to that. You were like, nice. Because there's blood. Everywhere. Everywhere. And like you truly got, well, you also see his. His com- dead body. Yeah. His blue corpse drained Exsang- of blood. Exsanguinated. Ugh. Dying by bleeding to death is so painful. I think this is the first or second time we've had a bleeding to death. Because Halloween 2, the nurse oh, gets true. as well. Ugh, so painful. Like, extremely agonizing. So, that uh, was nice. And then we... This is when we actually, like, see some of his wife while she's at the gas station. Yeah. She has a little bit of... She looks... You said she looks very 90s. I agree with you. She looks like... Uh, a background actor in like American Pie. It's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> because it's 20 years too early for that. But she's just like, he's a good man. He's a good father. He wouldn't run out on us. And what are you two layabouts doing here? <laughs> Get off my property, you. She shoes them away and then she hugs her children. And this, I felt sympathy for the family here. Like, I didn't feel sympathy for him. I was like, that sucks that they don't know that this guy's a sack of shit. Well, yeah, and they are collateral victims of his actions. Exactly. So, the 
two remaining rapists mm-hmm. grab an axe. They head on over to Jennifer's house, and Durr. she's just waiting in her hammock. I wonder how many days she spent like, there <laughs> waiting and waiting. She hears the boat coming, and boy, is she ready. So she, where is she? When they pull up, she's nowhere to be yeah, found. Yeah, like they split up. Stanley drops mm-hmm. Andy off at shore, and then he goes out, and he parks the boat, and he doesn't see her. And then she swims up from out of the water like a demon or something and just jumps into the the boat like, hey, I'm in your life again. Yeah. And then she pushes him into the water and starts driving in circles around him. She steals his boat. Perfect. And like the motor is, I feel like, a symbol of like domination in this movie. She does it for a long time where he's like getting exhausted. He's drowning. Taking in water because of the waves. And he's screaming for help and Andy is too much of a scaredy cat to help his friend. But then he starts screaming at her from the shore. You murderer! And she just drives the boat right into him, which knocks the axe into into her boat. Just like what happened with the oar. And then he gets fully nude and gets in the water. Because he can't swim in those dragging (laughs) With the suspenders. So she's... I'm coming for you. I'm coming. She stops the boat and watches them for a little bit Mm -hmm. as they, like, try and swim away swim away and and like after she had been circling him she was like strafing him with the boat which was would be terrifying and then she fully headless horseman's him like she rides up with like axe in one hand yeah on her steed this boat yeah and just axes him in the back andy and something bites the dust something else that reminded me of like American Psycho, but in a way where it's like reminded me by comparison. Whereas like this was like one of those things where you're like, oh, that's all he got. I wanted yeah. him to really get fucked up. Yeah, he's one of the worst. So but you're like wishing for violence. It's almost him. better that he meant literally so little to her that it was just like chomp. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. True. And he got that image of her bearing down on him. Yeah, like a fucking chariot goddess. Stanley pleads with her. He doesn't want to die. Because he's drowning. And he didn't want to do it, and it's everyone else's fault. She stops the boat, and he climbs up onto the outboard, saying he didn't want to do it. Because she, like, gives him the outboard. She's, like, pointing it directly at him. It's the first thing he can grab onto, and he's desperate. And then she says, suck it, bitch, like he said to her. Mm -hmm. And she turns on the motor, and he gets all torn up. Yep. Suck it, bitch. like a manatee with very thin skin and she drives off as the credits roll to the sound of the motor and it's hers now god damn it it's interesting right the movie as a whole yeah yes i think it's a good i think it's an important movie actually in 2019 2020 like this is still a very relevant movie well and what a lurid like grounded portrayal of the horrors of sexual violence it was absolutely reviled when it came out like people hated it Eber called it the worst movie he has ever seen i bet they hated it and it it was so controversial mm -hmm. it was on all of like the video nasties and stuff and it's still like relatively controversial like, people protested it and everything. But an interesting thing is, it seems like the point of view of this movie has really shifted. Good. Um, like, 
uh, there's a I can't remember her name. She was a, a feminist who said like this movie's like terrible. She was one of the people who picketed it, mm-hmm. um, and she's since been like, no wait, actually this is a feminist movie. Yeah, and I would say I mean I'm a, a white dude, but as am I. I would say this is a feminist movie. I mean, it's hard. It is intentionally hard to watch. You also see her use her sexuality in ways that would probably make a lot of people uncomfortable in order to get her, in in order to, to, to bring them to some kind of justice. The only way you would relate to the dudes is if you yourself are a trash bag who deserves to get your dick cut off. You yes, know what I mean? Exactly. You you should have no no sympathy for them. I loved it it reminded me a lot of Irreversible too, both mm-hmm. in the the way that it like Gaspar knows disorienting or like shots, but then the sexual assault was all straight on unmoving camera but yeah. also because you learn more about them as the movie goes on where even though what you learn is innocuous, if you had learned it first, it makes them even worse people, and particularly the gas station guy. The whole movie was inspired by, like, the, the writer-director had, like, essentially saved a woman after she had gotten sexually assaulted. Oh, like, God. He was in a car with uh, his friend and I think his friend's daughter. It might have been his daughter. And she crawled out of the bushes in like I think it was Central Park, a park in New York. Oh yeah. And uh she had been like sexually assaulted by two men. So he talked about how his biggest regret is they took her to a police station first instead of taking her to a hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the police were totally like they kept asking her questions and she had a broken jaw. Like Oh my God. And then finally they got to like take her to the hospital. Well, yeah, that's not surprising, I so, guess. Back in the 70s? I guess it oh, really affected God. him and inspired this movie. So, Wow. Yeah. What a terrible experience. Yeah, that would be a terrible experience. For, I mean, obviously for the woman who was assaulted, but also to... it's Like I said, the violence spills over and impacts other people. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, exactly. When you don't give a shit about what your actions are, eventually when people don't give a shit about what their actions are, it's going to impact people that you would care about or are supposed to care about anyways. 100%. In this movie. I guess production was hard too. Like it had, I think the budget was $650,000. Whoa. Um, not like a super high budget. And I, I mean, this is all this guy's really done except for the newest one, which is apparently not very good. And I probably won't watch um, like one crew member quit during the filming of the second rape scene. The film's makeup artist quit the film halfway through because she had been sexually assaulted oh, and dear. she couldn't like bear to revisit that, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and the acting which makes sense. was this, it was very good. The acting was very good. But some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the male ac- actors at requested to appear naked because the lead actress Camille Keaton had to appear naked. So they wanted to like show solidarity. solidarity. That's good. Yeah. She was phenomenal. She was very good. I really liked and she's so I don't know. It's it's uh, magnetic. I'm Her trying to think of the like end, the good Yeah. It she drew your like she commanded your attention, I guess. Is the way like her performance and the where it wasn't like a, oh, thank you. Like, you know, it was like a very, like, 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like male actors always get praise for the like when they can break down and stuff. Like yeah, that. but it was like Tony Collette in Hereditary a little bit. That's good. Where it was like very raw, understandably so. The oh, another somewhat interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, on the poster for this movie, like the original poster, it is Demi Moore's body. Like, she was, like, the model for it. Interesting. Possibly also 16 years old. And it's, like, a full butt shot. Ooh. Yeah. It's weird. And the tagline for the movie doesn't make any sense on the posters. What is it? This woman has just cut, chopped, broken, and burned five men beyond recognition. There's four men. She doesn't burn any of them. Yeah. She doesn't really, like, break them. Oh, absolutely Break not. any bones or anything. Well, not that I remember. Uh, I guess all I have left... Maybe just a boner. ...is <laughs> the Six Degrees of Jamie Lee. Mm-hmm. Camille Keaton was in Death House with Adrian Barbeau, who was in The Fog with Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. We should have an episode next week. We will have an episode next week. We will do our best we'll have to, to record endeavor it earlier than to we normally do. definitely have an My episode grandparents are coming, so... Mm-hmm. Won't be able to record on our usual day. Probably? No. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Because they probably won't want to stay too long anyway. I don't we'll know. See. We'll see. Um, so yeah, the, I don't know what we're going to do next time. We'll figure it out. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram, definitely First Blood. On Twitter, Def First Blood. And you can email us at definitelyfirstblood at gmail.com. All right, uh, thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.